Father, now as we look at the final session of Catalyst, um, may you not only speak to us tonight, but may you also use this last session to uh, seal the commitments that have been made in our hearts, that we will be different when we go home, that we will be more encouraging. Let us start with our own families, those close to us, Lord, but there are so many people we run into on a daily basis who just need a word from you. So Lord, help us each to be a little bit more like Barnabas as a result of studying his life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we talked last night about, well, let's just, let's just review these things. Session one, Barnabas recognized his purpose and pursued it. Say that with me. Barnabas Right, he was, never viewed himself as the main attraction, the superstar. He wasn't the goal scorer, he was the assist maker. And it, it's like he grasped that somehow very early on, I believe. He, in session two, recognized the need and met it. Even if it meant selling his land, he said, this is such a strategic moment in time that I need to make a sacrificial gift. He recognized the need and met it. Say that with me. He recognized the need and met it. Last night we talked about uh, Barnabas when people hear that, that Saul has met Jesus on the Damascus Road and they're like, oh, please. Like we're really that gullible just because we're Christians. But Barnabas, but Barnabas brought him to the church leaders and said, I believe, I believe he's trustworthy. Barnabas recognized faith and nurtured it. Say it, please. Barnabas. I'm going to go ahead and give you the one for tonight. Barnabas recognized potential and developed it. Say that with me. Barnabas. Right. We ended last night with some of those non-Jews, those Gentiles. Again, I'm in the presence of a bunch of Gentiles here, that they too were welcome into the kingdom. They could be grafted into the promises of the covenant all the way back to the covenant with Abraham. God never intended that Israel would be his pet people. They were to be his pattern people to show people what it looks like to be in right relationship with God. And some start taking the gospel, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. My, oh, my, are we glad that we did that. Uh, one of the things I hope we get to do in heaven, I don't know this. Ellen said she didn't know all about heaven, neither do I. We've neither one even visited there, even short term. Um, but one of the things I hope we get to do, her, her mom was very into genealogy. She did it like back before there were websites and such where it was, you know, taking pictures of, of gravestones and, and etching with, with um, you know, a, pe a piece of paper and a lead pencil. She spent so many hours with microfish in, in places all over where her people were from. And now it's a lot easier than that. It's still a fascinating study. Wouldn't you like to be able to trace your spiritual genealogy? I, I don't have any reason to think that we'll get to do this, but eternity is a long time. And I hope so. I know who led me to Christ. I don't know who led her to Christ. I don't know 
the other influences in my life. I know some of them, but it's like I'm looking at the other side of the tapestry, and in heaven, you get to see, oh my, this is how it all fits together. I hope we get to do that. This passage that we talked about last night where these Gentiles start becoming believers, well, a bunch of them become Christians. And they need leadership, and that's where we pick up the story tonight. We haven't heard much about Saul for a while. After, remember, there was a plot to kill him, and and the Christians got him out of town, and he went back to Tarsus, and we really don't know much what happened there. We know it's at least 10 years. Some say 12, some say 14 years. Um, I mean, I bet Paul was probably ministering, because I don't think you could stop him, But he also had just to have some quiet study time. He had a lot to unlearn before he could learn all the truth in its place. And so all of that time has passed. And we come to chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Barnabas found Saul in Tarsus, and he brought him to Antioch to help lead the church. Anybody here ever been part of a pastoral search committee? Wow. Isn't that a fascinating experience? You can lose your mind doing that. It can turn into a beauty contest. Let's get our five finalists and have them preach each one week, five in a row. And then we'll vote. Oh, that's a brilliant way to do it. And the winner with 32% of the ballot and only 68% of the people wanted somebody else. Don't do it that way. Please don't do it that way for the good of people like me and my friends. But, um, you know, it's, it's 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 a difficult process. God's fingerprints hopefully are on that process even though we use some of the methods that we might use if we were hiring somebody in a regular job but you want God's DNA to be evident in that call God's call is not just what gets you someplace I always pray for this for for people if or sometimes I'm asked to kind of consult and I pray that God will make it supernatural enough it's not the call that gets you someplace it's the call of God that keeps you someplace because when you're convinced that you've made the mistake of your life you can look back on it go no God made it really clear we didn't misread him we're supposed to be here let's fight through this let's stay well they end up there in Antioch and it it says that that for a year Barnabas and Saul teach the people little almost a footnote there says it was in Antioch that they were first called Christians well what else would they be called of course they're Christians that's what we call them well they'd never been called that before this is when that trademark was registered I guess (laughs) and you know what it wasn't a compliment it wasn't a positive thing It, it was well look at you now little mini Jesus trying to do the things that he did even quoting him that's just so nice that you do that and here we have a couple little more little mini Christians mini Christ you Christians 
I heard you even did a miracle. Did you do a miracle last week? That was really something, just like Jesus. He'd be so proud of you if you weren't dead. I mean, I mean, I mean, don't take that as sacrilegious, okay? This was a mocking term. It's not a compliment. Not a compliment. Name has been devalued in our age. I mean, am I a, I a Christian? Well, I'm not a Muslim, and I'm not Jewish, and I'm not a Buddhist, uh, and I grew up in America. Yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. This is a lot deeper than that, because from the beginning, there was a price that had to be paid if you took the name Christian and received it. Acts 13. So things are going great there. Just, just don't read that, even though it's up there. So I got trained and walked through the Bible in summer of 1988. You all go, oh, not that long ago. Lots of groups I talk to, they'll go like 1988, like the last millennium. I go, yes. 1988. So what is that now? That's, is that 35 years ago, I guess that would be? And I was still pastoring in Illinois. I started teaching a, a handful of times a year for Walk Through the Bible. And um, just something happened, even at training. I called Ellen the second night, and I go, I think I just met the family that I'm supposed to do ministry with for the rest of my life. It was just that. When we were talking about depression, one of the reasons I was so depressed in that season was because I was like all by myself as a pastor. And we had friends in the church, but it's still, it's still different. And the church had grown up a little around 200, maybe a little more than that. We had a summer intern, and that was so encouraging. And I'll never forget one of the elders goes, man, if the church keeps growing like this, I mean, when it gets over 500 in average attendance, we may need to get you some help. I go, yeah, you'll need to get me some help, all right. <laughs> I don't, I don't do well as a Lone Ranger. I played the tuba, not the electric guitar. I wasn't that cool. I played the tuba. There you go. I played the tuba. It's not a big solo instrument. You know what I liked about band or even in being like in a brass quintet is because you can look at music and you just go, I don't even know what this sounds like. You kind of sight, sight read your way through it. And after a while, it is beautiful when there's harmony of the different parts. I've enjoyed so much hearing you all sing parts. That's dying in many, many, many local churches. It was beautiful to hear you singing. Well, I'm there and I'm at church and this guy named John Hoover, who was really building Walk Through the Bible out beyond the United States, he calls one Friday and he goes, hey, um, we need to talk. And I go, I'm here. And he goes, oh, I don't have time to talk now. I go, then why did you call me now? Because I want to schedule a time to talk with you. What's wrong with now? I can't. I'm too busy now. Okay. Monday, 2 o'clock. And I go, I go, John, he was like my boss. He was over all the instructors. He did all our training as well as he was building the international part of it. Walk through the Bible wasn't very international then. A half of one employee was focused on the rest of the world. Everybody else was just focused on the United States. And I said, John, 
what do you, it, what do you want to talk about? Things. Well, what kind of things? Big things. I said, well, good big things or bad big things? Because I didn't know if I'd accidentally launched some heresy at my last walk through the Old Testament. I mean, I didn't know. You people write crazy things on evaluation forms sometimes. I didn't know if I was in trouble. And I says, no, no, no. If it were something bad, I wouldn't make you wait till Monday. I go, you got to give me a clue. He gave me these two verses. More than two verses. Read them with me, will you? While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Keep going. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. You think Ellen and I did not exegete that passage all weekend long? I mean, she can diagram sentences. She was an English teacher. In seminary, we had to diagram sentences in Greek. I'd never diagrammed a sentence in English. She'd do it in English out of the New American Standard Bible. I'd copy the diagram and put the Greek words in there. We were diagramming these sentences, right? I said, I've heard we're starting to do ministry, walk through the Bible in the former Soviet Union. I'll bet John wants me to go on a trip. That would be, what an honor. Ellen goes, it's bigger than that. He said big things. I go, the former Soviet Union, or the Soviet Union at the time, we still called it, 11 time zones, how big of things do you want? She goes, nope, I've always known walk through the Bible is eventually going to want more than you from you than 6, 8, 10, 12 seminars a year. I go, hon, there's the only jobs I would want there would be John Hoover's job, leading the faculty and he's not going anyplace or Bruce Wilkinson's job he's the president I know he's not going anyplace he founded the thing you know those are the only two jobs I've ever had 30 some years later my wife as my dad told us the night before we got married he says we need to have a talk and I'm like no no not the birds and the bees no dad I can't live through that and and he goes, no, he goes, um, son, you, like most guys, have rabbit ears. Do you remember what rabbit ears were on a television? Yeah. And he goes, on a good day, we get three channels. That was true of our TV. If you had to move it around, we had tin foil on them sometimes. Some of you are like, when did you live? And it's, <laughs> he says, um, Ellen is wired for cable. She receives channels you don't even know exist. And he says, I just want to tell you something. This is tremendously wise advice. He goes, she will consistently come to the right conclusion using all sorts of flawed processes to get there. And if you pick apart her processes because you don't understand them, you will forfeit one of the greatest sources of wisdom God has placed in your life, in your wife, Ellen. That's brilliant. What a good word. Now he'd say she's got a satellite dish, right? I mean, who, who knows? 
but but it but it's true and sure enough this is one of those times she's like nope you're going to end up working there full-time i'm like no there's nothing for me to do. well there was there was and now 30 32 years later i was dean of faculty then i led the international part and now the last 16 years i've been president and ceo amazing we were perfectly comfortable where we were and the holy spirit came and rocked our world that is exactly what happened with barnabas and saul the holy spirit sent barnabas and saul on the first missionary journey that's what we call it the first missionary journey who went along as their assistant john and not just any john this is actually john mark he has two first names john mark so off they go on the first journey john mark is clearly you know he's just their assistant he might help with logistics probably gets stuck carrying the bag some of the time he's he he seems to be younger than these other two in these chapters a small but significant shift takes place early on it says barnabas and saul barnabas and saul pretty consistently it says that but part way through the first missionary journey the order gets flipped then most of the time and it's not a hundred percent okay but most of the time it's paul and barnabas paul and barnabas there's one time that i found it actually says paul and his associates whoa if if, if you're barnabas how, how are you doing with that what what are you thinking of that when i was in seminary my favorite professor dr howard hendricks i realize i've already quoted him a couple of times he's the one who first introduced me to barnabas i i'd never heard of the guy i don't know if i dozed off in church or if i just never heard a sermon i knew who paul was i knew who simon peter was obviously i knew jesus barnabas who's that never never heard of the guy when i got to know him i went now i could be a guy like that i don't view myself as a paul or simon peter or even luke i could be a barnabas i i could be the guy who makes everybody else more successful when we studied this and we saw this inversion of the names prof hendrick said this to us and it was a it was a pretty big class it was all first year students and it was probably about the number of people that we have here tonight and he was a little short guy bald sort of nasally voice and he goes i don't know five senior pastors in america who could handle it if they had an associate who was a more gifted communicator than they are and i'm so how old am i at this one i'm 22 years old and i sat there in judgment of all of those just that's despicable those senior pastors what is wrong with them it's not about their kingdom it's about god's kingdom and that you got to be exaggerating i didn't say any of this stuff but this was all my thoughts in my mind and he goes you struggling with that you don't believe me wait till it happens to you 
when that happens, and it will if you're a developer of people, if you're not just running your own shop, but you're committed to the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others also, it'll happen. And when it does, I want you to picture me sitting on your left shoulder going, does that threaten you or does that thrill you? Man, never forgotten that conversation. Even though it was, he was talking to a hundred of us, <laughs> but he was talking straight to me. It wasn't much of an issue when I was pastoring that country church. It's very different in, now in my role with Walk Through the Bible. Ellen and I try to not look at our phones first thing in the morning or last thing at night because it just, it just fills your mind with the wrong stuff. But sometimes... I will. One night she was getting ready for bed and I was lying there and I'm looking at Facebook and I saw, you know that series Crucible that we talked about in the life of David? I, I saw this guy in the Philippines. He is the lead attorney at the largest bank in the Philippines. He's in charge of all of their compliance. Now he's, I don't know what his title is now, but about 32,000 men and women report to him in the Philippines and all the surrounding Asian countries. His name's Phaeton, Federico Tancanco, but they shorten it to Phaeton, and they always call him Attorney Phaeton. Phaeton is an incredible communicator, and he teaches all those courses on that table in the bank where he is. They let him once a month give a devotional that goes out electronically to all their employees. It's incredible. And I'm watching him teach the course I created, Crucible on the Life of David. And I'm just watching this and I'm going, he's way better at that than I am. Not just because his illustrations fit the Philippines better than mine would, he's just a better communicator than I am. And he's going back and forth between English and Tagalog. It's like, Taglish, they call it, and people are laughing at him in both languages. I cannot figure out what I'm watching here. And these are like executives in a bank. And I'm just watching all this, and Ellen now comes and joins me, and she goes, oh, is that Phaeton? She goes, that's your course. Doesn't that, doesn't that thrill you? She actually used the word thrill me. And I'm like, thanks for picking that word, hon. Yeah, it thrilled me, but it was also like, does he really have to do it quite that well? Tell you something closer to home than that, because he's all the way over in Philippines. There's a guy who works for us named Michael. He's probably 20 years younger than I am. We brought him on to do fundraising, but he's really the one, he was the strategist who led us all through COVID, helped us to double our impact globally. He's so much better visionary than I am, and that's okay. That's his deal. He's also a really good Bible teacher. It's annoying when God puts that much in a single person. So annoying. And um, we got a grant, a major grant from a foundation 
They said, you know, your creation, fall, flood, nations, all that, that's good. But how many people will give you a half a day or a day to do that? You need a small group, a small group resource that teaches the overview of the Old Testament and then later the New Testament doesn't use hand signs it doesn't try to take that and reproduce it because people in a living room aren't very likely to do that with seven of them sitting there they'll feel foolish but find another way to give them the big picture we got all our executive team together we had a number of approaches you could approach it chronologically you could approach the old testament biographically they go well phil that one's yours uh, you eat, sleep, and breathe biographies. That one's yours. Everybody else drew theirs out from the different options. I think there were six of us there. The last one was Michael, and he was kind of leading this meeting, and he pulls out one, and it says geographical. And we laughed out loud because this was the loser of all loser ideas. And it was pretty funny. You knew Michael hadn't rigged the drawing because otherwise he wouldn't have gotten that. We had two weeks to come, put something together, come back, try to sell our leadership team on my idea is the best idea. We all presented, some stuff was pretty good. I knew we were gonna do biographies because I'm the president and half of them I already had done. This is gonna be sweet. And then Michael presented geography. And he said, you know what? He says, I found seven mountains in the Old Testament. You know the great thing about the mountain? You can see from the mountain what came before and what comes next. How would it be not just talking head stuff if we used graphics? We knew the guy, we wanted to write it, and he'd write everything that happened up to the first mountain. The first mountain was where um, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. So a lot happened before that, and that's all laid out. And then Michael goes, We've got money for this grant. How would it be if we taught from the top of the mountain and then we talked about what comes next and that's the end of the first session. Then session two, we lead up to the next. Next mountain is Mount Sinai where they receive the law. So we got to talk about the Exodus and all that. And then, and we're all just sitting there. We're going, that is so cool. And Michael goes, so... Um, Phil, would you let me teach this with you? I'm hearing the little voice. I said, Michael, I still can't believe I did this. I said, Michael, I think you need to teach that all yourself. God gave you the idea. You even helped secure the funding for it before you knew what the project was. Rest of us will help you, but we don't, we don't need two different voices doing the teaching in seven sessions. That's going to be confusing. And I mean, several times he came by, you would seriously, you would let me do that? I go, Michael, I'm telling you, you have to do that. Well, now, we just finished translating that into 17 languages because that was also part of the grant. That's going to go on TV all over the world, as well as be used in small groups. Does that threaten you, or does that thrill you? A ask me another year from now, and I'll be able to give you an answer to that. 
still thinking through that one. Oh, man. Why is it so hard to do the right thing sometimes? Let's keep going. Leonard Bernstein, great, great musician, was asked, what is the most difficult instrument to play? Without hesitant, he said, second fiddle. Without a doubt, I can get any number of who will play first violin, but to find one who plays second violin with as much enthusiasm is a real problem. Of course, second French horn or second flute would be similar, and yet if no one plays second fiddle, we have no what? Harmony, and that's where the beauty is in music and in life, in your church. Wow. Wow. So we see how Barnabas dealt with someone's success. What happens when someone fails? If he sees potential and develops it, that's not just when things go great. It's got to be when things don't go well. Sometime later, read it with me. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, notice who initiates it this time. Not Barnabas. Paul's the clear leader. Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. We don't know details about this, but here's the bottom line of this. And let, let's, let's borrow this. I'm going to need... I'm gonna need you and you and you. Will you three stand up, please? This is Saul. This is Barney. Come here, Barnabas. You say, let's go on this journey again. Let's go revisit the churches. And you go, okay, I'll let John Mark know, right? What, what do you think of that idea, Paul? so good why he deserted us he went home was he homesick did he have a girlfriend at home you know did he miss his mommy who knows we we don't know was it just harder than he thought it would be but he ditched out in the middle of that first journey so go go you're not you're not here you 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 left (laughs) young guy that he was you know he just kind of he just kind of goes off there well, you are not in agreement with this. Go ahead to the next slide. They had such a sharp disagreement that what happened? You two parted company. Oh, you come over here a couple of steps, all right? That's perfect. Get out of here. You're not, you're not in here yet. <laughs> Barnabas took Mark. Where's Barnabas and Mark, right? And they went that way. And what did you do? I went to Syria. But before that, look at verse 40. Paul chose Silas. There he is right there. So stand up, Silas. Now what have we got? We've got two teams. Is this good or bad, what happened? I gave it away because I said two teams. But this is also bad. 
This is bad that they let it divide them, I think. And I, again, we don't have the dialogue with this, but I can, ju- I can just imagine Barnabas, you know, the encourager. Remember, encouragement sometimes means to exhort. I think Barnabas probably, you probably got in his face and said, are you kidding me, Paul? If there's anybody I've ever met in my life who ought to be big on second chances and new beginnings, man, it's you. What happened to you? They separate. Give these four a hand, will you please? It's just easier when you can see it. Not much has changed, has it? We still multiply by division. Do we really need 35,000 denominations? Not churches. Denominations. 35,000 of them at last count. Sometimes, I, I, I was talking to somebody, I'm looking around, I don't, I don't see him. Are you the one who was telling me about consulting with churches? Yes, you were. You changed shirts. You almost messed me up. <laughs> God used him in a big way with a lot of churches. And, and you made a statement something like, I've been places before where there's been terrible division and they can't even articulate what caused the problem. Sometimes it's a carpet color 20 years ago. I mean, it's just, it's just it's tragic how silly it is. I was doing a walk through the Old Testament once in a state far, far, far away from here. This is not talking about your church, don't worry. And um, the associate picked me up at the airport and said, um, you need to know there's a big war going on in our church. And this is actually my last week there. Um, the pastor has asked me to leave. Lots of people want me to plant a church down the road. I don't think I can do that because it would just split the church wide open. So I'm going to be going, do you know where you're going yet? Nope, don't know. And I go, what's the cause of this? He says, depends who you ask. And he says, I guess I would say it's doctrinal. And I said, what doctrine? And he said, um... He said, why do you ask me that question? I said, because very seldom is it really doctrinal. It usually comes down to people and relationships. He goes, well, this is kind of a blend of the two. And I go, so I'm going to answer my question. What doctrine? And finally, he kind of looks down, and he sort of chuckled, and he goes, all right, the senior pastor thinks he's God, and the rest of the staff doesn't believe he is. A little tongue-in-cheek, a little gallows humor, right? But that's what he said. We multiply by division. The good news is, what is God's specialty? He's taking what Satan meant for evil, and he repurposes it for good. And that's just what happens here. Go ahead. You wonder if Paul ever had his eyes opened. Because Paul, I mean, we don't know him, but we do know him. He's a pretty direct guy. Sure, it's the Holy Spirit inspiring him, but he's the one who says, I don't want to build on anybody else's foundation. I want to build on my own foundation. 
He's the one who says, if a man won't work, neither let him eat. Simple enough to me. Pretty direct guy. Toward the end of his life, here he is, book of 2 Timothy, you're in a prison. All sorts of associates have abandoned you. You're writing to Timothy, one of the few really loyal team members you still have left. And you say this, only Luke is with me, get Mark, that's you, and bring him with me, why? Because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Some translations say because he is useful for service. That's as close as you will ever come from a type A driven personality like Paul to going, oops, I think I was wrong about him. It's beautiful. Go ahead. There they are. Four lessons, four principles. Four lessons, four principles. Read these to me, will you, please? Barnabas recognized his purpose and pursued it. Barnabas recognized a need and met it. Barnabas recognized faith and nurtured it. And Barnabas recognized potential and developed it. And so the question tonight, kind of it can go for the whole series, but especially this about recognizing potential and developing it. Okay? Who in your sphere of influence do you see potential in? A little encouragement from you would go a long way. My dad had this gift. We didn't really understand it until after he had died, and we were, again, I was going to do his funeral too. When you're the family pastor, man, it's rough. You, you get all those assignments. And we're at the visitation the night before. My brother's 10 years older. He was there. My sister had already died and gone to heaven. And we're there, and at the visitation, it, it lasted over an hour past when it was supposed to stop. Bloomington Normal is not a huge community. The impact that my mom and especially my dad, it was his service that he had had just became so clear. I knew he loved to give. I didn't know how much he loved to give. One person comes through and says, I don't know if you ever knew this or not, but I was in a relationship that was really, really, really terrible. My boyfriend even ended up going to jail. Your dad paid for me to be able to finish my degree. Somebody else came by and said, I was at such a crossroads, I had no idea what to do. My dad said, you are an entrepreneur. That's why you haven't fit into a lot of jobs before. I'd love to be your silent partner and invest some money with you. She said, ultimately, I didn't end up doing that. Instead, she had a great long career at State Farm, rose very high in the organization. But she says, just the fact that your dad believed in me like that was, was all I needed to have confidence. I hadn't worked outside the home for years. And do I have what it takes? Your dad thought I did. And I thought I'd give it a try. I mean, person after person after person came by and told us these stories. It was one youth pastor had been at my parents' church. 
They had some struggles with their own teenagers. It's hard to be a youth pastor when your kids are really struggling with their own faith. And so he's not the youth pastor anymore. And he said, did you know your parents took us out to dinner once a month? And I said, yeah, they really looked forward to it. He goes, do you know why they did that? And I go, because they love you and care about you. And, and maybe they thought you needed a good meal. And he goes, we had good meals. He says, always at the end of the night, your mom would hug us, your dad would shake my hand, and there was always a check for $600 in his hand. And he said, God's got big plans for you. You're not done yet. That guy now is a lead pastor in a church. I never had heard that. My brother, who's 10 years older, and he's, he's funnier than I ever thought about being, he, he acts like he's, you know, just, my brother's the good guy, right? And I'm just, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't know. I've never had it together like my younger brother. He's one of the most generous people I know. So it's funny that he would say this, but he says to me at one point that night, he goes, I guess we know where our inheritance went, don't we? <laughs> and I said, or maybe we just heard what our true inheritance is. And he goes, oh, that's quotable. Wow, that's why you're my brother. You're president of Walk Through the Bible. I just sell insurance. Wow, you're what my brother does. I said, will you shut up? Just stop it. <laughs> that's the same evil brother that was playing the guitar in the finale last night. Was, we look a lot alike. Who do you know that needs some encouragement? You see potential in them maybe that they don't see in themselves. You know, Ellen saw potential in me long before I did. So I'm struggling with this off-the-charts introversion thing, this pathological fear of public speaking. She's got her own pathological thing. It was lying. We'd watch these sermons, and she'd go, this was so much better than your message last semester. Are you even aware of that? And I'm like... I don't know, hon. I think you need to open up your mind. God may want you, you know, it's not about you being comfortable. It's okay if you're nervous because then you'll trust in God. I think she may be the first one that taught me. I, I still wake up multiple times during the night before I speak someplace. I've prayed to God, God, will you take away the butterflies? Please take away the butterflies. Please, God, take away the butterflies. And she goes, he's never going to take away the butterflies. Why would he take away that which makes you trust in him rather than depend on yourself? He's not going to answer that prayer. She said, now, if you'll ask him, he will help the butterflies to fly in formation. He'll, he'll, he'll do that. There's no way I'd be here this weekend without the encouragement of my own personal Barnabas, Ellen. No way. No way. Do you know somebody who let you down? Who abandoned you? Who disappointed you? It's easy to write them off permanently. Barnabas said, hey, Paul, they deserve a second chance. And he got a second chance. want you to just spend a few quiet moments. And then, Matt, you can close our time in prayer. 
But I want you just to have a few quiet moments with the Lord and Lord, say, Lord, show me. Show me. Before I get in the car and go home, show me who needs a Barnabas in their life right now. And don't say, please, if you've learned anything since Monday night, don't say, Lord, please send somebody to meet that need. Uh-uh. Because somebody wasn't here all week hearing about Barnabas. You were. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and ask God, is there somebody who needs a second chance, needs some forgiveness, needs some grace? Is there somebody who needs some encouragement? Because they're capable of much more than they believe right now. Spend a few quiet minutes, and then Matt will close our time.